Well, thank you to uh, Jasper and the praise team. My, my, that's wonderful. I think we could go on for another hour, and I would love it all. But, uh, thank you and bless you. And the sun is out. Oh, yeah, I brought my camera in order to show them back there what it looks like here. And with the uh, dull gray skies, it didn't look so well yesterday, but boy, the pictures are good this morning. And you look good. Has anybody told you that lately? You, you know, you look good. <laughs> hey, I've got to tell you. I've got to tell you what happened to me. So um, here we go. I grew up, I think, about like you did. I grew up in America, probably a different part of America than you. I grew up in the middle part of America, the heartland of America in Iowa. Grew up in Des Moines, the capital city of Iowa. And... <clears throat> Uh, we were there, mom and dad, wonderful Christians, quite a story on how they became Christians, and we'll give that some other time, some other place. Uh, dad was not a preacher. I don't come from a preacher family. Uh, my dad was the um, foreman of a salad dressing manufacturing company that uh, they made 20 different kinds of dressings and distributed them all over the great state of Iowa. And uh, Dad was quite involved in the church, as was Mom, and we four kids. Uh, you know, that was our family and, and uh, all the activities and all of that. And I enjoyed it, uh, except for the fact that um, I hadn't given my heart to the Lord. I, I really hadn't uh, asked the Lord to forgive me of my sins. I was just pretty busy. I was in high school. I was really, really busy in high school. I, I don't want to overdo my athletic side because <laughs> that was not very hot, but uh, tried to play baseball. So I was a third baseman on the high school team and tried to play football. But I was six foot tall and 145 pounds. They killed me. They killed me. And I said, there's got to be a better way to make a living than this. And uh, I was like a telephone pole. I was so skinny. And that didn't work real well in the football scene. So uh, then other things. So I got into drama. And uh, North High, Des Moines, Iowa, we had uh, all school plays, they called it. One in the fall, one in the spring. And uh, did that in uh, junior year, fall, spring. Senior year, junior, uh, fall, spring. Ended up uh, with the lead in the, in the deal and, and all that kind of stuff. My first all-school play, I had a tough, tough, tough uh, part. <laughs> I had to come out uh, from uh, a chimney that I had been living in and look like uh, death and make a shriek and die. And that was uh, my whole part. Just <laughs> I had to lay on the platform, and they tripped over me, and I couldn't move because I was dead. And that took a lot of practice. <laughs> uh, it was not much, but anyway... Uh, got better after that, and uh, that was my life. However, I, uh, I have a great love for sports. However, I have another great love for writing. Um, so journalism. So I got into journalism. took everything they had. I became the sports editor of the high school paper. I took all the pictures. I wrote the articles for all the sports events that were going on. And, of course, that's a big sports area. Uh, I don't know if we can match Boston or not. I mean, this is the sports capital of the world right here. But uh, for the middle part of America, it's, it's pretty big time out there as well. 
And so um, I, I developed a, a dream. I don't think there's anything wrong with having a dream for your life. There's nothing wrong with having a, um, a vision of what you want to do. It's all right, I believe. And I uh, wanted to be a sports writer. You could see where I was going there. I was the sports writer for the paper and, and I would go to the games and write, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Well, Des Moines, you're, you're not from there probably, but they have a huge radio station in Des Moines, 50,000 watt. It's still there. It's, uh, <laughs> man, I'd hear that thing day after day after day. Uh, WHO, 1040 on your dial, the 50,000 watt blowtorch of the Middle West, WHO Des Moines. Man, I had that baby down. I could say that thing. And Jim Zobel was the sports uh, director, uh, sports anchor, WHO radio, a television. And I said to my buddies, I'm going to take his place someday. That's what I'm going to do. I am going to be WHO uh, sports director. I'll, I'll, I'll announce the Iowa Hawkeyes playing uh, Penn State. <laughs> and we'll get beat. But anyway, um, whatever, whatever. And that was my dream. I, I don't think it was wrong. It was sports. It was announcing or writing uh, for the Des Moines Registered Tribune. Either way was okay with me, either to be a columnist or to be on the, on the radio, maybe television someday. And in my junior year in high school, without taking the time to tell you how all this happened, but I finally, finally gave my life to Christ and finally became a born-again Christian. You see, I'd been hanging around the church all my life, but I had really never, ever opened my heart to let the Lord come in and forgive me of my sins and live in my life, and that's a whole other story. I think, I thought, if you hang around the church, someday you'll kind of become a Christian. You know, just kind of, you just kind of, it just kind of happens. Well, I found that doesn't happen any more than if you live in my garage, you'll become a car. <laughs> it's not going to happen. And I had to do more than go to church and all the rest of that. And I did. I came and, and opened my heart and asked forgiveness for my sins and my selfishness and the whole deal. And uh, that was some more experience. Well, I had the, a pastor. I had the best pastor in my teenage years that I've had in all my life, thanks be unto God. And that wise, spirit-filled pastor said to me when I said, all right, I'm, I'm going with God. I'm tired of just standing around here. He said, go get a little booklet. And, uh, and he said, I don't want to say too much about this, but... Uh, you see, there were a pile of us guys that stayed way in the back of the church and we just horsed around. Would you have any idea what that means? We just hot-dogged around back there. And I, I don't want to tell you what we did. Uh, but I don't want to give you any ideas. But he said, you're going to have to get off the back seats, man, because there's, there's just a bunch of tomcatting going on back there. and we, we, we don't want that. And if you're going with God, you've got to get up in the front part of the church somewhere and it's not in the manual but anyway it was in his manual 
And he said, uh, I want, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go get that little notebook thing. And he said, I want you to start writing down what I preach, what the, what the pastor preached. And he was so good at uh, knowing how to put messages into, into words that you could get and truths that were there and all of that. And then he said at the end of the service, he said, uh, I'll be uh, either praying with some people or back in the, in the lobby for you, shaking hands with people. And you come by and, and tell me what I preach. So I did. And I started to write down these notes. And I uh, would tell him, hey, this is what you preached. And I'd have it write down. This was your introduction. You told that story. And then you had truth one, two, three. And you had a great conclusion. Man, that was some more story that you had. And uh, that was it. And he said, well, you're catching on. I had no idea that he was teaching me how to take truth of the Scripture and to put it into terms that people could hear and understand. He was teaching me, and I didn't know it. He, he was wiser than I ever knew. So now here I was. Now I'm a high school senior, and now I'm still busy, busy. It doesn't have a thing to do with anything, but they turned around and elected me senior class president. So now I've got all that to do. Plus, I'm sports editor, and on and on and on. I was kind of a busy guy. I just want you to know that's just kind of the way life has been. And I would come to church, and I'd get my little old notebook thing out, and I'd start to listen. And I, uh, I think in the basement of our house, I think I know which box that little booklet is in. I haven't seen it for a long, long time. But um, I will find it someday to reflect back to what I actually wrote down. But here's what would happen. While I was listening to the preacher, I heard a voice. And it kind of came like a whisper. And it wasn't the preacher's voice. I want you to be a preacher. It was the Lord's voice in my mind and my heart. I want you to be a preacher. I said, Lord, <laughs> I don't want to be a preacher. I want to be a sports writer. I want to be a sports announcer. I'm going to be on WHO radio, television maybe. Uh, I'm not going to be a preacher. And I'd shake it off. I'd come back the next week. Or we'd have a, a special speaker. Didn't make any difference. Have an evangelist. We'd have a missionary. Or the preacher, the pastor would preach. And it got where it happened every, every service. Somewhere. I want you to be a preacher. I said, Lord, <laughs> I thought I told you. I don't want to be a preacher. I want to go to heaven. I'm going to heaven. <laughs> Some of you, I can see where you're going with that. But anyway, I, I want to go to heaven. I am going to heaven, but I'm not going to heaven like a preacher. I'm going to go to, I don't even know what that means, but I'm, I'm going to go to heaven like a sports writer. And Lord knows we need some Christian sports announcers. And uh, I'd, I'd shake that thing off, and it'd happen again. It, it, was, it was what you call a civil war. It's what you call a tug of war. I wanted to go to heaven. I was on my way. I'd ask God to forgive me my sins. I was actually reading my Bible a little bit every day. I was actually praying. I was, tr I was trying to do this thing. And I was actually walking with the Lord. But on the other hand, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live the way I want to live. I don't mean for the devil and the world and all that. I'm, I'm going to be a sports writer. I'm going to be a sports announcer. Going to heaven, but I'm going to do it this way, Jesus. 
And then I'd hear it again. I want you to be a preacher. I said, Lord, <laughs> if I be a preacher, I know what you're going to do to me. You're going to put me in the last church on the edge of the state just before you fall off. <laughs> and I'll die like a yellow dog under the porch. <laughs> you say, well, where'd you get that? I mean to tell you what I was uh, going to those camp meetings back there. God bless them. We had some evangelist. I don't know where he came from, but man, he would preach the thunder down. And he would stand there and he'd shake. He'd say, if you're going to go all out for God, you got to die like a yellow dog under the front porch. <laughs> and you got to shake when you say that. This old sound. Man, that left a mark on me. I still got it there. If you're going with God, you got to die like a yellow dog under the front porch. <laughs> I didn't think that sounded too interesting to me. I'd rather be announcing the Iowa Hawkeyes are playing against the Ohio Buckeyes. And <laughs> to this day, I don't know what a yellow dog's got to do with this thing. And I don't know what getting under the front porch has got to do with this thing. Never have figured all that out. <laughs> but I never have forgotten that. I just don't think that sounds real appealing to me. And I said, I don't want to die like a yellow dog under the front porch. I want you kids to hear me as I'm trying to describe a kid that was happy, that was involved, that was involved in everything in school that was, that was legitimate, everything, uh, and I was now on my way to heaven, but I had a tug of war. I, I, God was calling me. He was calling me into ministry. But it happens to all of us where He doesn't want, He doesn't want just your sins to wash them away. He also wants yourself. He wants your, you. He wants you. And it came to me like this. <laughs> you have given me your sins. Now give me yourself. Doesn't that make sense? Now give me yourself. Give me your future. Give me who you are. Give me your mind. Give me your whatever abilities you have. Give me your time. Give, give me your everything. You know, I, I, don't want, I don't want just your sins and wash them away. I want you. And that's a different prayer. That's a different prayer. That's a different, that's a different uh, decision to make. I was uh, struggling, struggling, and I could go in on and on and on, but that's where I was. I came to a service. It, uh, it was a huge uh, event, uh, more people than this. Happened to be a Wednesday night, great big rally type thing. I worked somewhere. Uh, part-time after-school job and I got there late and the, the service was half done and the preacher was preaching I was way in the back because I got just came in the door and just sat way back there and I don't know if you're believing this part or not I hope you do because the Lord can actually whisper to us he can actually whisper to your mind or your heart however we like to describe that but I believe that the Lord talks to our, our mind in a whisper and this is what I heard. 
way back there on a Wednesday night after this struggle for some months. Make up your mind, your way or my way. And that's what I heard in my mind. Make up your mind, your way or my way. And I was so tired of the tug of war. The Bible calls it being a double-minded man. I said, Lord, I'm ready to plunge in and go the whole route. I'm ready. If that long-winded preacher will ever quit, I'm ready to go. And thank God, well, I shouldn't say that. Thank God he finally got done. But probably somebody says that about me. Praise God, the old boy finally got done. But anyway, he finally had to sing. And I walked down an aisle that was just a little longer than this. And I knelt right over here uh, in, that, uh, in that place in, uh, in Iowa. And... Uh, I'll have to be honest with you. <laughs> I died to my dream. And I was so much into that that I wept. I cried like a like a kid, little kid. I'm giving it up, Lord. I guess I won't write. I guess I won't be on the radio. I I guess I won't be doing journalism. I guess I won't be into sports uh, uh, stuff. I guess you're going to make me a preacher. <laughs> oh, man, I'm not, I don't even want to think about it. But anyway, Lord, I don't know what you're going to do there. But I've got one body. I, it, 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 my name is Jim Deal. I'll give you Jim Deal. Wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, whatever you want me to do, Yes, Lord. And I finally just cried out, Yes, Lord. You can have it all. I mean, on that night, kneeling right over here, when I really meant it from the deep of my soul, there was a peace that came and a cleansing and an empowering of the Holy Spirit that I had never known. But the peace, the peace, <laughs> the struggle was over. I'm not fussing with God about anything. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. The peace. And I got up and people were praying with me like we do. And they hugged me and smacked me on the back and God bless you, young man, and whatever, whatever, whatever. And I went my way. I just want you to know there are many verses that allude to this or speak directly to this, but I feel led only to give you one verse today, and here it is from Romans 12, 1. I urge you, therefore, brethren... Could I, uh, since Paul was using the term brethren for those that he was writing to in Rome, I could just insert, I urge you therefore, young men and young women, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. You give, you surrender, 
you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I urge you, young men and women, in the name of Jesus, to present your life, your body, you, a living sacrifice. That term jumped out at me this morning as I was rereading all of this and trying to get it all in my mind again. A living sacrifice. Let me say it carefully, but I, I still want to say it. The radical Muslims recruit young people to tie a bomb around them and to go and be a suicide bomber and do it and they kill as many as possible. The radical people in, in other countries and other so-called religions, uh, India, Hindu, the radical Hindus will get bombs in the car and they then recruit the young person to drive the car and uh, set off the uh, igniter switch and blows up and they hope to kill 50 people and they're blown away. That's a culture of death. It's a culture of terror. It's a culture of destruction. <laughs> Jesus wants a living sacrifice. He doesn't want you splattered on the street dead. He wants you alive but filled with God. Doesn't that make sense? He wants, you, he wants you to be totally sacrificed. He wants you to be totally surrendered. He wants you to be totally committed, but not to a culture of death, but to a culture of Jesus is Lord. And he brings life. And that's what he wants you to do. Whether you, ever be a, whether you will ever be a minister isn't the point. Whether you be a speaker, preacher, that's not the point. He wants you to live your life totally surrendered to Him and He'll make you into what He wants you to be. But you have to say, Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. I uh, want to just hurry and, and uh, at least tie it up. I guess you never get done with your story, but at least to tie it up. I had no idea. I had no idea what God's plan was for me. I knew he wanted me to be a preacher. And that was all wrapped up in my surrender. That was all wrapped up in my being sanctified, which is a good Jesus term. Or my being filled with the Holy Spirit, which is a good term right out of the book of Acts. All of those are great Bible terms. And that's what I'm talking about. I had to give God all of me. Uh, first pastor, second pastor, third pastor. I was in my third pastor. Guess I'd been a pastor now some ten years or so. And I was in a county seat town in Iowa, not Des Moines. It was now somewhere else. That's all right. Oskaloosa, Iowa. And God opened up the door for radio. And there we had this radio station that covered uh, uh, that part of south central Iowa. And it's called KBOE. And they had quite a station. 
Well, we got on every morning. And it was 9.30 news, 9.30 live news, 9.35 was our program for 15 minutes. Live, live from the pastor's office. And we had it all hooked up, just like you would if you were out at the high school basketball game. And it's all hooked up over telephone line. That's the way we had it all hooked up. And they would do the intro at the radio station. And it was the music intro. And then, whack, they'd, they'd turn the switch, and I had to be on. I had to be there. They don't like dead time on radio. And so, uh, I'd, hello, how y'all doing? Hey, man, it's a great day. The sun's out, or it's raining, whatever. And we've got 15 minutes, this, this, that, that. And that was live. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Every morning, 15 minutes, live on the radio for seven years. And I finally got weary of it. And I was running across the parking lot one day. And I saw that the time, man, man, I'm about on the, news, on the air. And I just yelled out, I wish the radio station would blow up. This is worse than milking cows. You never can be gone. And the Lord said, I thought that's what you want to do. Thank you, Jesus. Got that out of my system. I didn't know that the Lord would say to me, if you want to be on radio, I'll put you on. Except not for the Iowa Hawkeyes, but how about going on for Jesus? You see, God didn't tell me that. And then the day opened, the door opened, and the day came when the door to television opened. And we don't have a TV station in Oskaloosa, Iowa, but they do in Ottumwa. That's only 30 miles away. It's the NBC affiliate station, and it covers 44 counties there, probably now much more. And uh, we got on there. It's way too much of a story to tell. And we would go down every Tuesday night and take the program, come on every Sunday morning, at 8 o'clock to 8.30 on the NBC affiliate uh, station there. And the very first time ever that I was looking into that camera with a red light when it clicked on, and I was telling those people how good it was to see them or at least to have them with us and what about the Lord and, and God uh, can change your life or whatever in the world, I said. Uh, and the Lord shot the thought through my mind. This is what you always wanted to do as a boy. And now you're doing it for Jesus and not for what you thought was the big deal, the big thing. And so the, there was television. And I need to come to a close. You think if I would have gone into radio, TV, WHO, be a sports guy, you think I ever would have made it to Quincy, Massachusetts? <laughs> you think I ever would have made it to ENC? Not on your life. And God has opened more doors for me than I can even describe. All I want to say is God's plan is better than your plan. Amen. God's plan. Now, here's what I've learned, and I've got to quit. God doesn't show us a map like some kind of a road map. And if you give me your heart, this is where I'm going to take you. He doesn't do that. It's more like he gives you a lantern. And the lantern has a light in it. And the light is the Holy Spirit. And you can see about one, maybe two steps. You take that step, and, and I'll guide you on. 
Now, okay, take that step. Okay, okay, and I'll guide you on. Okay, the next step. Okay, here we go. And when you get down toward the middle part or latter part of your life, you get maybe wherever I am in life, and you look back and you can see, oh, why didn't you tell me? It wouldn't have been so hard to die like a dog. <laughs> Except I didn't get under the porch. Lord, you didn't tell me that you were going to open up more places to preach than I can, I can understand. I wish, because God doesn't tell us. Amen? All he says is, I want your life. I want your life. I'll make it better than what you can make it, but I've got to have it all. I'm not, I'm not taking just a part. I want all of your life. Surrender. When you surrender to Jesus, you don't lose. When you surrender to Jesus, you win. You win. By the way, if an accident would come, or something would come, and your life is cut short, <laughs> what happens? You get a fast track to heaven. Well, that's not bad. It's better than Boston. <laughs> better than Colorado. So you talk about peace. The Lord has a plan. And if something happens and cancer takes us away too soon or whatever, well, we just go to heaven earlier. And that's my ultimate goal anyway. Forever to be there with the Lord and a million more. Would you stand right now, everybody? I, I, I know God is whispering. I know the Holy Spirit is whispering. I want your life. I want your life. I want you to surrender your life. I'll make it better than you could make it. I know that we need to get on to a class, and we will in a minute, but... Do you have, are you willing to come and kneel and let us pray with you and say, here we go, Jesus. I give you my life, my body. If you'll come, oh, then that'll give some others courage to come. And that'll give some others courage to come. And this is a revival time that God has anointed here. So, Lord, come with your blessed spirit. And may there be young men and young women who may even say, I have prayed the prayer, but I feel like I've kind of drifted a little. I want to come and again say, you've got my life, Lord. Fill me, Jesus. Would you do that right now? Would you just come? Just right now. That's right. And just right now. And, 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 and leave it here. Surrender it here. Sell out here, not to go to a culture of death, but to a culture of life, a culture of blessing, a culture of victory through Jesus. Only God knows what's wrapped up in this chapel this morning. I don't know who's here. We may have missionaries. We may have senators. We may have a president. We may have whatever. But it, 
it doesn't make any difference unless you're a Jesus man, a Jesus lady. God bless you all. Anyone else? Hey, Jasper, anything you want to sing? We won't sing long, just a, just kind of a chorus. But, but there's time to come. There's a whole bunch who have come, but you can join us. Come on, Shoreline. Anyone else? Yes. Yes. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. He just wants all of you. Thanks be to God. I give myself away so you can use me. Sing that with me. I give myself away. Tired of the struggle. I want to give it all to Christ. I give myself I away so you can use yes, me. Yes, I give yes. myself away. That's good. That's the truth. Oh. Let me uh, give myself away so you can use me. Would you want to come and kneel by them or kneel in front of them or come along aside and, uh, and, and we can, uh, unless you've got a class to teach, we, boy, we'd love to have the profs here and the adults to come and mix in here with us and you kids come and anybody else come and if you want to come and pray for yourself, you just come. I mean, we'll, we'll get it figured out. God is here. God is here. God is here. God is here. And Oh, thanks be to God. Thanks be here to God. Here I am. Jesus. Here I stand. Jesus. Lord, my life is in your hands. Yes, Lord. Lord, I'm longing oh, to oh, see. Your desires revealed in me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. Give myself away so you can use me. Take my heart. Take my life as a living sacrifice. All my dreams, all my plans. Lord, I place them in your hands. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. And be part of this. Whatever you need to do. I give myself but let's, away. But let's keep so praying. you. God. 
can use me. Take my heart. Take my life as a living sacrifice. 